0: Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca.
1: And I'm Pastor Chad.
0: And today our topic is going to be what is the role of the church? when our government fails to um, care for the people? Provide that safety net. Yeah, provide the safety net. What is the church's role in providing that same sort of uh, safety net as far as making sure people don't die?
1: This was one of the questions that was sort of submitted to us.
0: And, And to give a little background on the person who submitted that question, I happen to know them Quite well. They're not, they're not a member here, so I can talk about them. Okay. <laughs> um, the person who submitted that was is is someone who works very hard, but due to some mental health issues with her child, they have been forced to basically live in tents, live on the street. They can't hold down jobs because she has to take off work too often to go deal with her daughter's. Problems. I believe the daughter is a kind of on the severe side uh, of of the autism spectrum, and so basically they have become homeless because their daughter has these these issues that they have to contend with, and so they're always looking for we you know. Can we get money for just a hotel for one night? You know, they're, li- they're living in Minnesota. It's really cold in Minnesota right now. So living in a tent is not exactly the best thing. And it isn't because they aren't educated. It isn't because they don't work hard. Um, it's just circumstances.
1: Yuck. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's my, my, my word for that. Yuck. Yeah. It, it's a mess. So, so far we've talked. To, so the things you're not supposed to talk about in church and as pastors i think we're now checking off the third of those so uh politics um we did religion we did sort of a religion and politics thing um sex we kind of talked about sexuality a little <laughs> bit last week um and this week we're gonna essentially talk about money because you were talking about providing that safety net and safety nets aren't free you know um, if we're
0: going to talk about all the taboo talk about this, let's just <laughs> dive in get them all out there that's
1: right that's right
0: so in regards to the issue of how do we care for the people around us? What is our responsibility? What is the government's responsibility? And what is our you know how how do we respond to this? I mean, there there was once upon a time, it was the churches that provided hospitals. It was the churches who provided education. Correct. And the the,
1: the go- church has a long history of doing those things and doing them well. To yes. be to be quite frank.
0: Yes. Uh, I think part of the problem came in where uh, in a pluralistic society, having the church run those things that is supposed to be for everybody, people felt there was too much indoctrination that went into the fact that, yes, we took care of everybody, but guess what? You were going to get a Bible or something along those lines. And so it was then taken over as, no, as a part of this nation and this country, we provide these things just for being a citizen of the United States.
1: Right. And as a church that also has a preschool as part of our ministry, well, that's one of the questions that I hear a lot from some of the parents when they come to check out the preschool, um, and they'll they'll ask, "Okay, so this is there's, there's church involved. What is your what is your message with the kids? Um, what what role does the does the church play in the preschool? Because frankly, I'm really not." Uh, our family's not all that, and they sort of whisper at that point, we're not all that religious, um, or we haven't gone to church for a long time. And and so that's something that, that people who are not people that are practicing their faith want to know, well, what level? So if, I, if, I'm, if a church is providing these services, are we also getting the message along with it for some people that's comforting, for some people that's less that's Off-footing, comforting. Yes. yes. Yes, yes. So one of the reasons this topic came up, um, the budget proposal came out Um, President Trump's budget proposal came out and some of the the cuts um, in the budget proposal are to things like Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, which many people rely on and use as their safety net. So it just seemed like an appropriate time, given that this question was asked prior, to lump everything all into one and and have that uh, delicate conversation, which I think we're...
0: (laughs) Feel like we're well, on a tightrope sometimes. And when this question arose, of course, my first response, was, my you know, my gut reaction was, of course, well, of course, we we do what we can to pick up that slack. Um, but the other side of me went, but with what money?
1: Yeah. So you're just going to throw the dollars and bill, dollars and cents right out there, right out yeah. of the gate. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Be, well, the reality is, yes, that's absolutely true. So none of this stuff is free. Um, it costs money. It costs money to run an organization. It costs money to run a church. It costs money to run a hospital. Um, so when you look at a church budget, um, one of the things I look at, and, and Pastor Rebecca talked about this a few weeks ago, and used the phrase, where your treasure is, your heart is also. So if you look at any organization's budget and you say, oh, so where is, what, what, the, what is this church passionate about? Or what is this organization passionate about? Um, and you can often look at the budget to tell that story. And sometimes it paints a really good picture and sometimes it doesn't. But the reality of every organization, um, every organization has overhead in order to do the ministry or to do the work. Um, so as a church, we have facilities to pay for, we have staff to pay for, and those things aren't free. So that requires money. So every, every church has and every organization has an overhead that they start with, that they have to cover those costs. And then once those costs are covered, then you can really get into doing the ministry ministry and providing that safety net. Now, now that is not to say, and I want to be really clear, from a stewardship standpoint, from a budget standpoint, you can do ministry without a building. It can be done. Um, We could have a preschool, but we kind of need a building to do that. That kind of goes with it. Um, Mm And I don't think people are dropping their kids off in the woods for a preschool. So those things cost money. And, And are we using the facilities... Um, in, a, in a way to lift up the ministry, staff and salaries. Pastor Rebecca and I don't work for free. Uh, sorry, As Paul <laughs> said
0: we shouldn't. Yes, yes, <laughs> thank you, Paul.
1: So, what we do, and I think one of the things that I want Pastor Rebecca and I to try and do is, is better track where we're spending our mo- spending our time, so that we can put that that salary figure into a more Um, tangible feel. Okay, so, you know, 10% of my salary goes towards this, and 20% goes towards this, and I spend 30% of my time doing worship stuff, and blah, 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 um, so that it becomes a little more tangible number. But once you get through that overhead cost, where's the ministry? What, What money can we do with ministry? So here's an interesting stat. So people kind of bemoan giving in general, Um, Giving is down, giving to the church is down, yada, 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 yada. So here's some some interesting data. In 2017, Americans gave $410 billion to charity. That's with a B. $410 billion to charity. And that is the first time that the American population has crossed that $400 billion giving mark, um, which is really interesting. And 70% of that giving is done by individuals. So we have you know, corporations and, and other entities that give. But 70% of that $410 billion, which I haven't done the math, um, is given by individuals. And that is impressive. Now, the other thing that we hear as part of the church is that, oh, giving to the church is down, giving to the church is down. It's actually not. It was up 2.9%. It was up 2.9%, $127 billion given to, given to religion. That's 31% of the charitable giving goes, goes through the church, which are surprising numbers. Um, I, 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 was a little, I was a little surprised by that number because you hear the narrative, oh, giving is down in, in the church. The reality is there are so many more nonprofits now than there were you know, 10, even, even five years ago the number of nonprofits just continues to explode. And, I, and maybe, that, maybe that's part of the answer to the question regarding the safety net and who's responsible if, you know, if, if we're not going to rely on the government for those things, um, are nonprofits the way, the way to do it? But they need funding as well.
0: Right. And interesting, you, know, you brought up the preschool. But it should also be pointed out that especially, you know, at least in the context of our preschool, our preschool is not free. Um, and it's not funded by our, 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 our church. It's funded by the parents. Correct. So when we look at that model, we're saying, well, we're only taking the families and the parents that can afford to come. That's still not helping as far as the safety net goes. Very,
1: very good point. Not a public education.
0: No, it is not a public education. It is not for everybody. It's for those who can afford it.
1: The VPK part's a little bit different. Okay. The, v, well, the, the VPK funding is a little bit different, but yes, very, very, very good point. Well made.
0: Yeah. So it's you know from from my perspective, that still is not a safety net. Correct. Um, that we are providing. Yes, we are providing an opportunity for education, but it is still something that you have to be able to afford in order to participate in it, um, as opposed to the public schools where, you know, you you go for. Technically you go for quote free. Yes, the government pays for it, our taxes pay for Tax it. Knowledge. That means the community is paying for it. That's what the community has come together and said we're going to we're going to value education and we're going to give no matter who you are an education. That seems that idea seems to be dwindling. Of, of uh, as a communal responsibility. I mean, look at what we pay our teachers. It's atrocious, especially in Florida. Yes. Um, that clearly we don't value our teachers. We don't value the education. And, um, and let's
1: just say we should. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> important. You, know, you look at the ignorance of society, You know, and, and as the education level goes down, that's not a good thing. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, I was, I was done. That was my point.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, that, I think that's a really valid point. I think, I think that kind of leads us into the, it's either a celebrated word or a four-letter word in society right now, socialism.
0: Eee.
1: I know, right? <laughs> um, the reality is giving tax dollars for, to something for the greater purpose, the greater cause, the greater community, is, 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 a, is sort of an avenue down that, that socialism thing. Um, that you know, some people are, are celebrating. Say, hey, we should all support one another. We should all be part of a community. And we should all throw money in the pot to help everyone else. And then you have the other side that says, no, no, no. We shouldn't. We should every sort of an every man for themselves. Capitalism. You know, yada yada yada. But I think you know we have elements in our society that are already of that socialist vein. Mm-hmm. We don't really like to admit it, I guess. At least it seems lately. And I, I guess, I guess, I. I, guess I my struggle is I don't understand why it's suddenly an issue. It becomes, you know, what is a right or is it, you know, healthcare? Healthcare was the big thing um, over the well, past well. And few let's face years. it,
0: the cost of healthcare has has changed dramatically over the past several decades. This was this was not how it was, you know, back when, you know, back in the '70s, so to speak. Right um you didn't have the insurance companies involved in everything you didn't it was not for profit in the same way it is for profit now right you you know yes you had your doctors that were charging you but it was a much smaller <laughs> i mean even if you account for inflation and things like that sure. and I, my father being a physician i of course grew up in 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 that world quite a bit and got to see and and hear of course around the dinner table all the time some of the frustrations of and and let's face it the government in general is not what you want running things sometimes because they are bureaucracy. They do do things that are wasteful. And I know that, you know, once the ACA got implemented, it became a frustration for many doctors because they could no longer see people for free where before they could do things where they could just write it off. But, you know, they had to have new staff to come in and deal with uh, all of the paperwork and all of the filings and all of the things like that. And, you know, and then you get uh, the the hospitals that are, uh, you know, they have a $2 IV bag that they're charging $200 for because the insurance companies say, well, you know, if you would have charged $300 for it, we won't pay it. But if you charge 200 we will. Right. And they get away with that. And it becomes this, this money-making venture and at the expense, unfortunately, of the health And the welfare of the community. And as Christians, we need to be looking at what is the best solution, what is the best way forward to care for people in our community. I actually got into a a discussion uh, over the billionaire tax breaks. Uh. And they were very much against saying, well, you need to tax the the billionaires higher because, uh, you know, you can't force your religious viewpoint of of taking care of people onto uh somebody else. So you you can't force that and that's what their their argument is is you can't force people to to take care of other people. Said well if my my options are and and what he quoted was he said it was it was a violation of uh that shot and let's deal. Right. And that you're taking their money and therefore, that is, that is a violation, that's wrong too. And I understood that point, but the other point that I looked at was, well, if you have some people that have ridiculous excess and people are dying as a result of that, which, which way are you going to go? Which is, which is the, if you're going to have some wrongs, <laughs> which, which wrong is, is the, the better or the worse wrong? It becomes an ethics issue of, you know, are you going to say, yes, if you're making tens of billions of dollars, you can maybe throw a little extra into the pot that's going to help the people who really need the help. And so that, that becomes, again, like I said, it's just becomes a a, a Christian ethic.
1: Yeah. And that scripture, so, so scripture says a lot about money mm-hmm. and scripture, especially, well, all of scripture also talks about caring for the vulnerable and And those on the fringe and those on the margins. And I think that's one of the areas as as the church that we need to be mindful of. Um, Our call as Christians is indeed to care for those on the margins. Um, Now, I would love, love for the church to be able to do all that work. I would love it. Um, So I am one of those people, especially in terms of ministry in the church, that I'm rarely satisfied. I love, let me, let me, Put a disclaimer on that. I love what's going on right here at Emmanuel right now. There's a good energy. I think there's a lot of really good things going on and I'm not satisfied. Um, and, it, and I don't know, that may make some people a little, a little jumpy, a little nervous. Um, I read an article this past week that said, um, don't plan for 10% growth, plan for hundred percent growth. And I was like, oh, wow. And that got me really excited. And I shared it with Pastor Rebecca the other day. She's like, oh, God, now what? <laughs> um, and I don't know that she didn't necessarily, I don't know that it was a matter of her not agreeing with it, but like, uh-oh, here we go. And, and that's kind of how I'm wired. Um, so we're rocking with... I think with,
0: that's just my role is just to kind of go, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um, Pastor Rebecca's my, the, the ripcord pulled her on my parachute. Um... But you know, I, I look out. And, you know, we're we're rocking with about three hundred on Sundays right now. I think, well, you know, what if we had twice that many? What if we had three times that many? Wow! Imagine what we could do with that. And you know, I get I get excited, and I, I, I want to I want to be so in, engaged and involved in the. I, I want Emmanuel to be a safety net for people in this community and abroad, um, if we're really being... And we, I share uh, that, by the way. Oh, absolutely, uh, people absolutely. Don't
0: think I'm sitting there going, no, what are you doing? No, 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 no yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good
1: caveat. Pastor Rebecca is not pulling the, the uh, ripcord saying, no, Pastor Chad, we can't do anything in the community. She gets a little jumpy when I go, oh, but we can do this and this and this and this. And she's like, okay, well, let's maybe... I think you're a little more process-oriented and detail-oriented, I'm, where I just like, oh, well, my, I have this great idea now. The thing that makes us work really well, and I'll, I'll use our app, I'm going to plug our app again, um, Emmanuel I'll, I'll said, Well, but
0: i tell you what makes me jumpy real quick before you jump into the app. What makes me jumpy when you do this is I go, and who's going to do this?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the <laughs> and, thing.
0: And and because it usually falls on you and me to some degree, and, you sure. know, and, and that's why I'm like, oh, this is a great idea, but... Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I totally get it. I totally so the, get it. Yes, yeah, so I'm a process person. Of, I, yeah. I, I, sit, I have to think about, okay, how is this going to work? How are we going to get people motivated? How are we going to get people? So it's just kind of that I have yeah, to stop think, and pause for a minute and think about the logistics. I think yes. that's what
1: makes us work well together as a team. because you know, So we have this idea. We, you know, we have this app, and we got it rolling. And I'm like, oh, well, this and this and this and this and this. And Rebecca just kind of like, okay, this is great. And then she's kind of like the techie smart one. So she goes through all the detailed stuff of putting the app together. And I'm like, yeah, but what about this? And then she's like, oh, God, I have to now. So she then Googles and researches this and how to pull that together. Um, so Pastor Rebecca does you know, th- that detailed, um, okay, this is the process to do it, where I'm like, hey, here's the big picture, and, and this is where I want to get to, which is one of the things that really helps me in a, in a team ministry setting where we have, we're blessed to have great staff, both music staff and ministry staff, with... Mr. Jen and Cheryl and Pastor Rebecca and, you know, so we come up with these big ideas and and I think Jen's more along my my line where, you know, she said this in her video this week, you know, these crazy ideas and then, you know, maybe Pastor Chad and Pastor Rebecca pull it back down a little bit. That's probably Pastor Rebecca boiling it down because she's good at helping both of us say, oh, this is a great big idea and it's awesome and then making it doable. And I think that's one of the things that makes us work. Also, when I look at this, what is the church's role in society? I'm like, oh, well, let's feed people. Let's shelter people. Let's clothe people. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this.
0: Absolutely. And then it
1: comes down to manpower and money. Yep. Manpower and money. I mean, that, so you know, to kind of shift back to the church part, the, the stewardship word that some people go, oh, God, here we go. The reality is in order to do the work of the church, it takes people, it takes talent, and it takes money. Now, the beauty is we are, we are extremely blessed with talented people, both um, staff and, and just people that, people that worship with us, people in our pews. Um, giving time? Everybody's busy. Let's yeah. be honest.
0: And it's not to say that we don't have wonderful volunteers here. We have oh, some absolutely. people who just give and give and give and give of their time to the point where we have to tell them to back off because we're going to burn them out. Yeah, um, and that becomes the problem, too, is you have, you have a core group of people that really are the ones that step up just pretty much for everything, and it, it's, you know, for me, it's a question of how do we get, though, we, we have a much bigger congregation than that c- small little core group of people, how do we get yeah. those people more involved, and then we can b- be doing some of those yeah. really big things, uh, and, and it doesn't fall on the shoulders of just the select few.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. We, as a congregation, signed on to be a Family Promise host congregation a, a, week, a week or so ago, which basically means once a quarter, we, our, our Faith Development Center building will be essentially turned into a shelter for homeless families. And that's going to require some, some volunteer work, uh, mm-hmm. basically uh, the roundabout numbers, 50 people to give two hours a quarter, which for me is, is, is not a huge ask. Um, I know we had some people go, oh man, that's a, you know, can we, can we do this? Can we do this? Well, since, since we've started talking about Family Promise as a congregation, I bet I've had 20 give or take people say, when do we start? When do we start? This is great. I want to do this ministry. And, and it is a ministry. It's Family Promise um, is an organization that runs through churches. It takes 13 churches over the course of a year um, to co- make this commitment, and they end up housing families for a quarter at a time. And it is, it, take, it takes people's time to provide that safety net. And the, the other reality in society right now, and we hear people, we hear this a lot, sort of that, that look back to the Leave it to Beaver days when the family unit was, was quote, stronger. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, with the economy. We're not in a situation where, in most cases, both parents have to work. You know, it's not, you know, June at home with the kids being the housewife 24-7, 365. That, that's now, that's changed. Most most families are, are dual income families and you need to be a dual income family in most cases for, you know, to just pay the basic bills. So what that means is your free time, your ability to volunteer, your ability to give time is a little diminished. You know, there is less, there is less of that disposable time. Um, and I think that's something that, that we also need to be mindful of what we, you know, when we talk about you know, where the safety that comes in, um, especially when we're looking at volunteer organizations.
0: You know, my dad used to always say something that, that has just always stuck with me. He used to always say, "We don't we don't have a health care crisis. He said we have a priority crisis."
1: Ooh, that's deep. Um, yeah. That you know, that's some good fatherly wisdom. It
0: was some good fatherly wisdom. Shout out uh, to Dad. Yeah, shout out to Dad. He but he used to say that that was his thing. He says we do not have a health care crisis; we have a priority crisis. He goes, what people want to spend their money on is, you <clears throat> know, he goes, look at what we are paying athletes. Uh-huh. He goes, and people willingly. Shell over all kinds of money to go and and watch a football game, go watch a baseball game. They pay you know ridiculous amounts of money to go do this, and yet when it comes to things like health care, it's nobody wants to pay. Nobody, and and yet one is entertainment, one is survival. And so that was kind of where he was coming from by just saying, you know, what are our priorities, um, both as individuals and as a society? So it right. wasn't just um, the the society point, but as as an individual, what what am I spending my money on? Am I and I putting aside things for hey healthcare, or am, am I going oh wow I want to go do x y and z? But of course healthcare at this point has become so outrageous you can't put aside for it. I I mean I have a savings account. I'm in the hospital for a couple of days, that's gone. Yeah,
1: we're, yeah, yeah. we're, we're a hospitalization away, we're a hospitaliz- hospitalization away from being, away from being a, ho- a family promise family, yep. um, and that's, that's a sad reality. And, and it's not, um, that's not an uncommon picture in society. We have a lot of families that are one, one event, one yep. major life event away from um, really being in trouble and and I'll be honest,
0: you know, it scares me. There have been some times where uh, I have have thought about uh, doing some some fun kind of ministry things, maybe a little bit more out on my own. But I, I kind of go, I can't do that because I, I can't not have have health insurance. There's sure. and I you know, and once you get out there trying to pay for it on your own and all that, and it's like you just it's it, it's that, crippling. It's, it's crippling. Yeah, yeah. it it mm-hmm. limits people. It, and in a society where we're supposed to be about um, entrepreneurs and things like that, when your healthcare is basically keeping people locked into the corporate machine, um, you know, that's, that's an issue too of uh, you're, you're not fostering the, the grand ideas. You're not fostering those kinds of things because we're, we're crippled as a society because we can't go without, without healthcare because, gee, life or death. Yeah, You know, it's, I, I do this, and I, I risk, you know, being out on the street. I, I do this, and maybe I'm not doing quite as much as what I think I'm called to do, but I'm not going to die, necessarily, <laughs> because I, I don't, I, I won't get the proper proper care.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's, that unfortunately, that's a reality for, for a lot of people. Do you Are we able, are we comfortable enough to step out outside of that safety net? And what are the consequences if we miss? And, and they're, they're dire. I mean, they, they truly are. For, for so many people, um, they're dire. And those safety nets are needed. So how can the church... I think this is, kind of, this is kind of the overall question. So how can the church provide more? How can the church be more? How can the church do more? Um, I think if you look at some of our volunteers here at, at the church, they'll go, oh my God, I can't. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't give more. I can't, I, I'm, tapped they're, out. They're, I'm tapped out, and, and I, I think we have many people that would say that in terms of um, their time, for sure. Uh, the financial piece, I don't know, Finan- talking money in the church is always one of those, one of those touchy issues. Sticky wicket. It is, it is, but, you know, so to put it in perspective, let's, let's assume, let's make some assumptions, and I know what happens when you assume, mm-hmm. um, and I think you all know what happens when you assume. we won't spell it out. But let's say we're an average congregation. Financially, we're an average congregation. And I think that's probably pretty... I think we're fairly reflective of the community we live in. The average income, the average annual income in... And I don't have this number here, but that's okay. Based on the average annual income, so the biblical biblical principle of tithing, which is Mm -hmm. that giving of 10%, if we had an average congregation, if we had an average congregation... And everyone in the congregation tithed. And this is based on 250 givers, which is about somewhere in that range of what we have. If everybody tithed, our average church the income flowing in is over a million dollars. Holy like I see that number and I get so excited. I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine how many people we could feed, how many people we could house, how many people we could clothe. I get a little, you know... Excited. A little, yeah, just a yeah. tad excited. And so that's on an average income. Now, if you take it to household, average household income, for this demographic, $1.9 million. Wow. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now here's the, here's the scary thing.
0: And here, and here's the, and here you, you, you experience the difference between us as, as Chad gets, gets this, oh my gosh, and I go, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so, so for perspective... Per, for perspective, we're projecting for this year as a congregation about six hundred and forty thousand dollars in income. So that's between ten and five percent if we're looking at average income mm-hmm. now here's here's the other interesting piece that's an increase over last year. so that so that's increase right that's an increase that's great and our in, and our giving was up last year over the year before, so we're trending in a good direction. So that's essentially an extra, the difference between last year and this year, breaks down to everybody in the church given an extra three dollars a week. Now that's the balance. You know, that's that's the
0: Starbucks m- coffee.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm just not a Starbucks. I'm fan. not either. And I, I know don't that drink that's,
0: coffee, but I know a lot of people do. So. I think
1: that's a Lutheran thing. And maybe we we're, 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 we're even more rare. We have two pastors that don't drink coffee. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that's very normal either. But, but in order to make up, the, just the, the break even from last year's budget to this year's budget, last year's giving to this year's projected giving to balance the budget is basically $3 a week. $3 a week times 250 people to, or 250 giving units. Mm-hmm. When you break it down and go, oh, three bucks a week? That's a cup of coffee. That's not so bad. But I think it gets daunting. Where I get excited again is, is this notion of, of untapped potential. Um, And I think it goes back to the spirit of generosity, the spirit of, you know, what can we do and how how are we using that money, how are we being faithful? And I think that's one of the areas that every church, I shouldn't say every church, the majority of churches frankly do a poor job of. One, I think you need to be transparent with your money. You know, people are giving and they need to know where it's going. I think, two, along with that transparency, I think we need to celebrate more. Um, that's right, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting partying more in the church.
0: I am all on board for that.
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I think we need to celebrate the things that we do. And we still haven't figured out that balance yet of how to promote. You know, you do, you do something. Uh, we did a, a push for Real Life Children's Ranch at Christmas. And I don't remember anymore off the top of my head the amount of money that came in. But it was a huge number. And we kind of like put it out there, but we didn't celebrate it. And I think that's something that, you know, as, as I'm, I'm a verbal processor, you know, I think we need to be better at celebrating those, those um, victories, for lack of a better term, of, of celebrating the ministry that we're doing and, and being excited. And what I think it also, not only does it generate some excitement within the congregation, you know, builds that congregational pride, so to speak, but it also becomes a transparency piece. And I think that's, I think that's really important for us as, as people of faith, to celebrate um, the ministry that we're doing. One, because you know, it's, you know, God gives us these things and and you know asks us to use them for the benefit of others. You know, providing that safety net. I mean, God calls us, you know, to and, and whether we're the safety net or a safety net, God calls us to be that.
0: Well, and and that's really the the Christian calling. You know, am I my my, my brother's keeper? You know, that question that that. Cain asks God about about Abel and really the whole Bible is, is a resounding yes actually you are uh, you are responsible for your neighbor you are responsible for uh, making sure that, that they don't go hungry uh, you know you read the prophets uh, the, the big thing. I love the prophets I, yeah. <laughs> Are you being facetious? No, I love the I
1: love the prophets because they just they just <laughs> they call a thing it. a thing. Yeah,
0: they nail it. They they just come right out and and say, yeah, your your society screwed up, and your priorities messed up, and you are not doing what needs to be uh, what God wants us to do in terms of taking care of our neighbor. And of course, like I said, the big tension I think that comes in this country is, is is the question of whether it is something that the church provides or whether it's something that the government provides. And with churches dwindling, you know, then that's a reality. It is yep. is as the churches continue to to diminish in in the number of people that are attending, and
1: more people are less that, affiliated with yeah, religion.
0: Then that. That as a resource is is diminishing, and where do you go from that? How do And, and how do we, the, who are the you know, faithful Christians, continuing to say, hey, this is important? What, and the way I think the Lutheran Church uh, and the ELCA has has approached it is one of our ways of looking at how do we care for our neighbor is to uh, write to our senators and to the people in charge and say, hey, we think this is of value, and we think that as a society we should be doing this for our people. And you know, you can, you can debate the, the pros and cons of, of, of that, all you want. but I, I think given our context and given the, the ways in which we are now limited in how we can provide because let's face it, we, a, as a congregation, we could not pay for someone's um, care one person's uh, health care bills if they go in the hospital. We are financially not equipped to do that. Correct. And so we have somebody who goes into the hospital who, even if they're a member and they you know, rack up a $100,000 hospital bill, we sit there and we go, we would love to help out with this, but how? Because we don't have those funds. We'll make you a casserole.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's essentially... I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, that's, that's the, essentially, the, um, in many cases, the church's response to crisis. Well, we can make food. Um, and, and not to diminish that—that's yeah. that's a beautiful ministry. As 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 a, as a as a family on internship in particular, that we Anna was born on internship. The congregation stepped up and would bring dinners to us yeah. for like a so week. So I guess or two. for me, great, it's but. one of those
0: things where if if we have a lot of Christians and, and churches that are saying, "Oh well, the churches should be the one taking care of this," then okay, step up and take care of it. But we're not, and and, and there's the problem, is if we're not doing it, then how, how do we, how do we do it? And, and I think that, like I said, I think that's where the, where this big tension comes in of, well, it shouldn't be the government's responsibility. It should be the church. It should be the Christians. It should be us well, doing this. Or, and, and it's like, okay, but we're not. So.
1: Or it's not the church's responsibility. It's not the government. It's each individual's responsibility. Right. And that, that is, that's scary. I mean, for me, yeah. that's scary. Now, if you, if you happen to be one of those billionaires that um, it's not an issue, but the reality is the, you know, the middle class is shrinking, um, and I, the middle class isn't exactly moving into the upper class very often. Um, this notion of upward mobility, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, um, is a really, really wonderful story, but it's not played out very often um, in, in society. The more you have, the more you're able to get. Um, and I think when we're talking about matters of health care and health insurance and quality care, mm-hmm. we can talk about criminal justice reform, and maybe that's one we'll tackle another day. But, you know, if I can hire a, a high-priced lawyer, I have a better chance of pleading out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to get into the into the criminal justice system, at least today. No, not today. But <laughs> But, I mean, that's another example of where... Um, money has a great impact on the outcome. So yep. you know, healthcare, the criminal justice system, if you have money, you can, you have a little more freedom. So, to just st- step back and say, well, it's, it's not the government's responsibility. Well, it's the church's responsibility. We've already laid out the church can't be fully responsible. Um,
0: at least not as, not, not as we exist at the moment.
1: Correct, and I would love, I would love to function. say that that's not the, that's that, that that's not the case. Um, so where does that safety net come in? If it's not the government, is it? Are, are we re, are we really going to a society, um, a Hunger Game society, where it's every every man for themselves? And I
0: hope... and by the way, pull yourself up by your bootstraps is not in the Bible.
1: Yeah, G- it's just it's not. Yeah,
0: that's that's not in the Bible. There's there's nothing there that that says that. And what they what people tend to go to. Is well, it's because it
1: says sandal straps, right? Pull yourself up by your gotcha. sandal straps. Yeah, that's not it either.
0: That's not it either. Right. And I know that there's the 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 text a lot of people go to is they say Paul again made a statement about if you're you're not working then you don't deserve you know you, you need to be working in order to receive these kinds of things, and I don't think that's. I think that's taken a little bit out of context. I think that had to do with when people thought that the end was was near. They kind of quit their jobs and were just sort of sitting around waiting for thing, you know, waiting for that to happen. This wasn't people who were like, I can't get a job or I'm overqualified or I'm underqualified or whatever. Yeah. These were people who were making a conscious choice to say, I'm not going to work because Jesus is going to come back and I just don't need to worry about and part of that was not worrying about the other people in your community. And Paul was like, um, "No, that's 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 not how this works. You need to continue to work. You need to continue to be um, caring about your neighbor. You need to continue to be to be a, a, a involved in your community." Was essentially what he yep. was saying. This wasn't about. Uh, people who who are are jobless or who don't now, you know, yes, are there people who have learned to work the system? Of course, you're always gonna have those people. Always. And, you know, I'm I'm still, I guess from my standpoint, again, sort of what I said last week is when you stand before God and you have to tell him sort of the choices and decisions that you made in this world, um, is I'm gonna say, well, you know, it was kind of up to, to that individual What they what they did, but it isn't because I didn't do my part. It isn't because I didn't provide the ability for people to have that safety net to be taken care of. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to judge what they how they use it, what they did with it and you know, because you you find a lot of times people who are like oh you know don't give, to, give don't give to the guy on the street because the guy on the street is just going to go spend it on drugs going to spend it on whatever Right. probably true I I mean you know it in some be. cases very much that that could be true but I'm prejudging what someone else is going to do with m- that money when that may not be the
1: case well or and the reality and Christina and I had this this conversation um, a few years ago there was a the show's still on, um, and I, I can't remember the name of the show. The, um, intervention. And I was so mad because one of the family members gave money to their, their child, or I think it was their child, mm-hmm. and they knew they were going to get high with it. And I was just, I was so mad. And Christina pointed out that in some cases, that high is what helped that person survive at that time. Now, not not to... Not right, to yeah. be in favor of addiction or you know controlled substances, but um, the other option was death. The other option was death. Yeah, and you know, it, it's, it, it's they're hard it's, decisions. They, they're,
0: these are these are these are nuanced, complicated issues that yeah. clearly we're not going to solve in our forty minutes here. But I, I mean, I think it's it's worth the the discussion of putting out there how complex and nuanced these things are, and that it's not just a simple, oh, well, pfft, do this.
1: Yeah, and I think, so So here's kind of my wrap up, I think. Um, if the church is going to be more involved in more of a safety net, I think then maybe the church needs to focus more on the messages that revolve around the church being a safety net, um, So we focus on issues that maybe aren't the most caring and loving um, and outwardly focused as using the word church with a capital C. Um, and maybe the message that we really need to promote is less, um, less about what people are doing wrong in society, less about pointing out the sins of others in society and focus more on that call to, you know, to love, we talked about that last week, mm-hmm. and to care and to care for those on the margins. I mean, so much of Jesus's ministry was, was focused on those on the margins. And maybe if the church gets back to that, um, there's, there's this other theory in, in church giving, is that um, money follows mission. Um, so chicken or the egg. Well, if we had more money, we could do more mission. Well, maybe we need to do more mission in order for people to be passionate enough to give more money. Um, and I think that, for me, that, that's one of those things that gets me excited. Let's do this. Well, we don't have the money. Well, yeah, but if we do it, people... The the field of dreams notion, if you build it, they will come. Um, And on some levels, I think that that's true when you're talking about mission. Um, Maybe that needs to be the focus of of the church. Go back to those, those teachings of Jesus that focus on helping those on the fringe. That one, we care. That as a society, we're not willing to say any longer, I'm sorry, you can't afford it. tough. You know, maybe if we can get back to that teaching and whether the money comes through, through government funding, um, you know, the government safety net or the church you know, returns to that safety net, sometimes things are cyclical, and the church returns to be that safety net, maybe we just need to get back to this notion of just caring for one another.
0: There is a novel concept.
1: Just, just plain and simple, just caring for people in need.
0: All right, well, I think that's it for our time today. Oh, so if you have any thoughts, questions, uh, topics you want us to talk about, you can send it to ipccrackedpots at gmail.com. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Pastor Chad.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.